You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Today, ooh, we have a treat for you. We had the honor of chatting with our good friend, Thunderstorm Artis. Thunderstorm is a singer and songwriter born on the North Shore of Oahu. He learned at a very young age to play piano, guitar, harp, and percussion from his parents who were part of the Motown family. His father, Ron, played keyboards for Michael Jackson's Thriller, casual, and his mom, Victoria, toured as a vocalist with Lena, Thorne, and many other Motown greats. Thunderstorm has been featured in festivals throughout North America, and he's played with artists like Jack Johnson, Booker T, and Mike Love. He most recently placed as a finalist in third on season 18 of NBC's The Voice with his coach, Nick Jonas. His music crosses so many genres, including folk, rock, soul, and country. And no matter what Thunderstorm sings or writes, he does it from his heart. He believes that through his music, he can make our world a better place by lifting the hearts of others. I actually got connected with Thunder from our church here on the North Shore of Oahu when he used to sing and lead on our worship team. And we haven't had a singer or musician on the show yet. And so as I watched him completely crush it on The Voice this past season, we felt like his story was such a beautiful and inspiring one that needed to be shared on this podcast. So if you also follow me on Instagram, uh, you probably saw me repeatedly sharing and telling everyone and their mother to vote for him every Monday night when The Voice aired because his voice is just absolutely incredible. And when your friend makes it to the finale of The freaking Voice, you gotta go to bat for them. You know what I'm saying? Although I'm still mega salty that he didn't win, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Anyway, today we got to talk to him all about his journey as a musician and how growing up in a family of 11 kids grew him and affected his style and sound as a musician. Yes, 11 kids, you heard that right. (laughs) Then we got to chat with Thunder all about the behind the scenes juice of what it's like being on one of the most popular competition shows ever, The Voice. He tells us the most inspiring story of the chance encounter that ended up getting him on the show. And he talks about what the blind auditions are like, what he learned from working with both John Legend and Nick Jonas as his coaches, and so much more. Is good, y'all, is good. (laughs) Thunder is honestly one of the most humble, kind, talented, and spirit-filled people that we've had on the show, and he drops so many nuggets of wisdom. So whether you're trying to break into the music industry or just go after a dream that's been on your heart, you literally need what this man has to say. Also, 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 I'm so excited. If you stick around to the end, you'll get a treat. He may or may not sing for us. So this episode is the first time we've ever had somebody sing live on the podcast. So definitely stick around till the end for that so you can hear for yourself how freaking phenomenal Thunderstorm Artis is. All right, enough chit chat. Let's get to the show. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. All right, Thunder, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are so freaking excited to have you here today. Oh, man, thank you so much, man. It's such a pleasure to be here. This is going to be so fun. Okay, so for anyone who doesn't know you, tell us, or those who do, I guess, too, tell us your story and a little bit about yourself. Like, how did you get into music? How did you get to where you are today? You know, I was just I was just born with this mad talent. 
I just came out of the room so you're like <laughs> you're under <laughs> I Nah, man, I was not a prodigy of any sort. I grew up in a big family, though, of 11 kids, um, six boys and five girls. And my parents were both musicians. My dad and my mom both met in the music industry, but decided to leave all that behind and move to Hawaii. And uh, I grew up in a small town called Haleiwa. We had a shop that every day between 11 and 5, we would play music. And that's where my musical journey started. I started playing drums and percussions and I didn't start singing until I was 15, 14 years old. And um, me and my older brother started touring together and I started playing for my church. Um, and it just really ignited a new passion of music for me later in my life. And um, long story short, man, like I put a lot of work into this. Um, I used to grow up and so afraid to sing. And my mom was the first person to put me on a stage and uh, to make that happen. <laughs> I thought I was just going to be a drummer and a rapper. And she was like, <laughs> I think God has something more for you. And um and man, I've definitely seen that. And now having the opportunity to be on The Voice um, this past season for season 18, um, it was really crazy and cool to get to the finale and, and really carry it all just with the power of my voice, just seeing how that has changed from being a 13, 14-year-old kid to being a 24-year-old man and, and just seeing the growth that has happened. And now I, I tour all around the, the country. Um, I go on mission trips to Brazil, the Mexico, Philippines, and do worship there as well. Um, but yeah, my story is really cool. <laughs> I can't wait to jump into it. Oh, <laughs> you are too cool. And as, just for anyone that doesn't know, I, the way we kind of actually know Thunder is that he was, like he said, is the worship leader for the church that I attend in Haleiwa, Hawaii. And so that's just, we were rooting for you the whole time, but we'll get into the voice later. Um, <laughs> cause I want to dive in a little bit more. So regarding your music, I didn't know that you didn't start singing until 15. That's crazy. Cause you're so freaking good. Like, wow. what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like, um, I dabbled in singing a little bit before then. Um, my mom sang opera and jazz since she was 10. Um, and then my oldest brother was is an amazing, talented singer. Um, he's who I toured with as I was first starting out as a musician um, and getting focused and touring. Um, his name is Ron Artis II. Um, but yeah, I didn't start singing. I used to just sing. My mom was the only one who knew I could sing in my family because it would be like early mornings or late nights. I'll be sitting in my front of my piano and playing a lot of old jazz standards and ballads like um, Bye Bye Blackbird or Autumn Leaves or Tenderly. Um, and those, that's where I started and because um, my mom sang those kind of songs and that's what brought me joy and brought me um, just love for music. And then like, I as, I started to write, yeah, as I started to write my own stuff, um, to go a little more into that story, I, I used to sing a lot like to myself early mornings where everyone was asleep or where um, at night where people have gone to bed. My mom would always sneak and stand by the door and listen to me sing and give me pointers. And I'll just be like, oh, no, 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 I'm not a singer. And then when she'd leave, I would, I would go back and learn all the things she was telling me. And so, uh, <laughs> and so then one day, um, my oldest brother, who was the lead singer of our family band, he went, on, he went to get married in Germany. He moved out there for a year. And so our family band was revamped and we were figuring out all the different positions. And so quite naturally, my older siblings filled the position of singers. And then one day at our shop, everyone was gone. It was just me and my mom and some people came in for music. And um, I was like, well, all the singers are gone. So you guys um, should come back in like an hour or something. And then like, well, <laughs> we, we fly out. We have to be at the airport. But we heard a lot about your family. We wanted to come by and check it out. And my mom was like, hey, Thunder, why don't you uh, sing that song you were working on the other morning? And I was like, what song are you talking about? She's like, the one you thought I didn't hear. Like, it, it sounded really good. <laughs> she made me uh, sit up there on, with my guitar. I sat on a stool and, and played the entire thing with my eyes closed and when I opened them um people were just like in tears and I was like oh I must have been that bad 
And they were just like, no, man, it's just um, some of the most genuine, raw stuff that we've heard in a long time. And they're like, you have such a gift. And it just ignited, um, it ignited a passion in me to, to try to test and see. For the longest, I just thought I would never be good enough to be a singer. I grew up with so many talented people. I was like, I never sound like that. So what was the point in trying? Um, but then I set up a stage in my front yard and I would play there every morning. It's funny because my neighbor, he came over and he was like, you know, when you first started and I was like singing, this is something this guy should not be doing. (laughs) (laughs) After a month, he's like, you got so much better. And I just pray that you never stop. You just keep going. And, um, and that was just kind of my year. My brother got back from Germany. He kind of took me under his wing. We played shows together all around the Island. And then we toured through Seattle area and whatnot. And he took me to Germany with them for six weeks. It was the first place I ever traveled to as a 70-year-old kid on my 18th birthday. Yeah, and that was just my journey of getting into music. And I was inspired by so many cool artists. And it's kind of really helped cultivate a unique sound that I have today. Wow. That's, that's so cool. And I, I feel like you, you threw it out at the beginning, but I feel like for everyone that didn't understand, he is from a family of 11 kids, which is like a lot. <laughs> and you, like you said, you had a family band, um, which kind of almost maybe you, you, you touched on it a little bit, but it kind of leads into my next question, which is how did you develop your style and your sound as a musician? Like, do you think your family and like having music all around you affected that at all? Oh yes, of course. I mean, my dad had an important law which was we couldn't say we didn't like a genre of music unless we can play it or understand it or understood it. Um, and I think the beauty of that, it led me to listen to a lot of different genres of music and a lot of different artists. And the fact that when we grew up, um, my family, because there's 11 of us and our, our family, wanted, my dad really wanted to cultivate this to get um, this atmosphere of togetherness. And so he would, um, he would have us all, if we were going to listen to music, we had like one big sound system to play through the whole house. And so whoever got to the sound system first of the day or claimed the time, we would have to listen to the music that they chose. And so I had a sister, <laughs> I had a sister who was into K-pop, which is like Korean pop music. I mean, all Korean. We couldn't understand where they were saying, but she would listen to it and she loved it. <laughs> and then I had a brother who was into like heavy metal and rock. I had another brother who was into country. And so I grew up listening to people of like all different genres of music. And when I started to write um, because of that, it really influenced me. Like each genre had a different part of who I was and allowed me to really amplify that. Um, and then I started to write music that was kind of just crossing the boundaries of genres. Um, but yeah, playing in a family band has helped me cultivate a lot of different things. Has helped me because I play multiple instruments. Um, and I'm not sure, Lindsay, if you've seen the times at church where I was there and I was just playing the drums. I was playing the bass with Bruce and the yep. guys. And it's yep. like, so being able to hear all the different parts and whatnot, it's really cool because of, like playing those things, you're able to hear the different aspects of music, which is a lot of fun. Wow, oh, that's so cool. Okay, well, Thunder, let's talk a little bit about the voice. Talk to us about how did that opportunity arise to go on the show and how did it all kind of just fall into place or work out for you? Wow. So the voice is a cool journey. Um, and I can't bring up the voice without acknowledging like how it all began, how it all started. How it all started was I was sitting in my house playing video games. And I just had this, this heavy weight on my heart. Like I could sit in here and play video games and waste my whole day or else I can go outside and do something, make something of this day a little bit. And so Lindsay, as you know, Patty Golden, um, she owns an ice cream store called Scuba Paradise. And so my, me and my family, whenever, mostly me and my oldest brother, whenever we're writing new music or just want to go play for the community, um, like without anyone paying us anything, we would go set up in front of the shop and play. Um, so I went out there, um, I think it was like a Thursday or whatever. And I went out there and, and played for like a couple hours, just to the opening wind and people would come by and listen. Sometimes people would care. Sometimes people wouldn't. 
But um, this couple was walking by with this little girl and they stopped and they listened for an, an entire hour. And I was like, okay, wow. usually like, you know, people listen for like a couple of minutes and they kind of move on. And so I took a break and I talked to them and this guy turned out to be um, John Chu, who's a director for this movie called Crazy Rich Asians and all the Step Up Wait, movies. I'm sorry. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. I love Crazy Rich Asians. Dude. Crazy, like, <laughs> I mean, like the movie. movie. I mean, I also love Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> 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 okay, wait, continue. I'm so riveted. No, so like, yeah. And I had, I didn't know who he was. He didn't like lead with that. Like, oh, this is who I am. He's just like, hey, I'm like immensely touched by your music. And um, it's just like, my daughter has just been like super cat. She was like, like two years old, his daughter, and she was just super captivated, just standing there watching. And like, they were going to walk away, but she was captivated. So they're like, let's stop and listen. And so I talked to them for like a good 20 minutes or so. And they're like, he was like, hey, let me get your email. I'll be in touch with you. And still didn't tell me who he was. And then emailed me like while I was in the midst of moving from Hawaii to Nashville. And he's just like, hey, so this is who I am. This is what I do. Um, and I'm getting married in September. Um, no, I'm getting married in March. And I would love for you to write our first dance song. Like he was just like, whoa. He's like, I would love for you to take the story of how we met and turn that into a song. And so, sorry, no, this was in September. And so he was like, and like, this is our story of how we met. We were like, we we're working on a film with Justin Bieber and Scooter Braun and she worked for Scooter. And um, like, it was just this really, really cool story, beautiful story. And so that same day after reading this email, he sent me the letters that they sent to each other or whatnot. It was just like amazing, amazing story. So I turned into a song, got to his, his wedding and performed for the first dance and whatnot. So long story short, he was so touched by everything that I did that he decided to reach out to the voice casting crew and tell them to be on the lookout for me because he felt like that I was a really talented artist that the world needed to hear. And, um, and I had no idea that he reached out. And so then I'm like on tour, roughing and toughing it last year. And um, I get a random email as I'm sitting on my friend's couch watching Danny Darko, I think it's, <laughs> yeah, Danny Darko. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like from NBC The Voice, hey, we came across your account. We would love for you to come down and do an audition. And I was like, this has to be fake. I was like, and so I replied like, oh, that sounds really cool, but I, I bet this is a fake message, so don't worry about it. And then they were like, no, this is very real. <laughs> like we're, we came across your account. Um, someone recommended you and we would love for you to come in and just do an audition. You won't have to do the casting call. You won't have to stand in line. You have your own private slot and you can come and just perform before the producers so that we can hear your, your music and your sound and meet you in person. And that was in around June last year. And um, I went there on, in the middle of tour. I had a week free. So I just went for a week, did it, and then left. And I didn't know what was going to come of it, what was not going to come of it, and went back on tour and just started playing shows. Um, I had my first sold-out show in San Francisco. I had my first sold-out show in Denver. I couldn't tell anyone anything about The Voice. And then in October, they told me that I, I made it through to have a chance to audition for the Blonde Audition. And so it was just a crazy wow. thing in the sense of kind of like just, I don't know, reminding people in the sense of where good opportunities come when you decide to kind of get up and instead of just, you know, just allowing the day to go to waste, but to get up and go and make something of it. I mean, I had no idea what was going to come. I've played a lot of cool festivals and cool shows, but the biggest opportunity in my life came from me going and playing on the street because I chose not to sit down and play video games. And that, that's, what started, uh, that's what started the whole journey of The Voice. And so now getting here and being a finalist and being in the top three and just getting to meet so many talented artists and just to see my life kind of radically change has been a complete blessing. Wow. That is like the best life lesson that you just spewed yeah. out. Because, like, 
the literally what you just said, like you could have chose to play video games and like, quote unquote, waste the day away. And you decided to go out and make something of the day. But even in just doing that very simple act in the town that you live in, on the street that you're always on, at the ice cream shop that you always go to, like nothing was different about like the circumstances. It wasn't like you decided to do something super flashy. It was like you just did something simple and wanted to make something worthwhile of your day. And like that made all the difference. That's insane. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's what another beauty in this was that the whole thing of moving to Nashville. I mean, last year, um, yeah, last year in April, I moved to Nashville. But the year before, um, I was just talking to my pastors and whatnot. And I just said, like, you know, I just felt like I was doing a lot. I was, I was leading worship for our church. I was leading worship for two other churches. I was doing Bible studies. I was doing youth group and, um, and then playing shows on top of it. It was like, it was probably like six days out of the week. Like I was singing. And um, you probably remember sometimes, Lindsay, I would show up to church to lead worship and my voice would be almost like completely gone and raspy and like crazy. Um, but uh, I was no, just really... it was always flawless. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thunder's like, all right, ignorance is bliss, but okay. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. I, I, I learned how to make the best with what I had. Um, and so, but um, at the same time, I was really getting burnt out and I just felt like God had something for me. Like he had a desire on my heart and I didn't know what it was and I knew I needed to follow it. Um, he put a dream on my heart and I was like, this is something I needed to do. And I, I had to stop making excuses to myself and just step out. And so I went to a young adults retreat in Kauai with some of the church, I mean, some of the, the young adults here from the North Shore Christian Fellowship, but also some young adults from the church in Maui, Hope Chapel. And then from this pastor in the root from the Denver LifeGate Church. Um, and so I was a worship leader there and he was a pastor. And so me, him, and some of the cooks were all talking. And I told him about this idea that I felt like the God was calling me to move to Tennessee. Like I was like, I was looking up a lot of songwriters and I think a cool opportunity to come with this. And one of the guys was like, you know what? If you feel like it's God, then choose a date. I know you don't have a house there. You don't have work or anything set up. Choose a date and that's the date you're going and you're going to buy a ticket and no matter what, you're going to do it. And um, that moment that I decided to do that and I bought a ticket for April 13th to April um, to Nashville. Then like a month later, I got contacted by a booking agency. I started working with that booking agency. We set up shows for the whole year. And then I ended up showing up to Hendersonville. I stayed there for five days and then went on tour for five months. So it's just like when you feel like God is calling you somewhere, step on that. And then like, it's just really cool because in the midst of all that touring, the voice came up as well. And I went and did the voice in the middle of that tour. And then my life has just radically changed from making that commitment to kind yeah. of follow what God has put on my heart. And then I met my beautiful wife and then now we're married. And it's just like, I can't, like in this year and a half, life has changed so much for the better. Just from following yeah. like something that God was tugging on my heart. So that, I just want to say, mm -hmm. man, to anyone listening, like if you feel like God is telling you to do something, even if you can't see how it's all going to work out, that's what faith is because it's, it's stepping where your eyes can't see and trusting that God is going to put something under your foot and going to lay that platform and lay that path out for you. And that's what he did. Um, and it's been crazy to see how much my life has changed, how much this journey of mine has just begun. Like the voice is amazing, but I know it's not the biggest thing that the Lord has for me. And so I'm, I'm excited to step into the next things. Wow. Oh, I'm tearing up. I'm <laughs> I know. <trying. laughs> well, you just viewed another be beautiful life lesson that was completely different than the first one. It was great. Like, <laughs> Also, I'm I can, actually crying. <laughs> I, know, I can 1000% agree with you that the voice is like not the not the end at all. Like I was telling other people, I'm like, okay, he's probably going to sing at the Grammys one day, like 100%. <laughs>
Um, that's going to happen. I I'm believe it. Now. I'm calling Amen. it now. You heard it yeah. here first, bros. It's going to happen. Yes. prophetic <laughs> word. <laughs> okay, well, let's dive in a little bit more. We got some voice-specific questions for you. I would yeah. love to know, just from... Because I, I think this is like a buzzy topic that like people always want to know what it's like behind the scenes of a reality show or a competition show um, yeah. and then specifically just the voice. So first off, what was the blind audition like? Did you have any idea going into it beforehand, like who you wanted as a coach or like if like any combo of people turned around, like who you would choose or any of that? And then did you think that you would get a four chair turn, which if anybody didn't watch his season, he got a four chair turn, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, to be completely honest, I heard John Legend was going to be a coach. And I was like, yo, dude, that's rad. Like, if I can get John Legend <laughs> to turn around, like, I'm going to choose him no matter what. Um, but okay. my idea of going out there, I was like, man, I'm a singer-songwriter from Hawaii, worship leader. Um, I was like, there's no way that I'm going to get four chairs. I mean, there's so many other talented singers here. Um, like, I mean, in, if you watch the show, you can see that. And so I was like, and if you watch my blind audition, it's pretty much just me and my acoustic guitar and like a piano comes in like, like a minute in. And so I was like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to try my best, probably get one chair. And it's going to be like super like chill. I'm not sure what's going to happen. It was super nerve wracking. Um, like backstage, it was like crazy. There was a lot of things like that you don't see on camera. So it's a lot of work that we had to put in beforehand. And so you don't, you don't get a lot of time to really consolidate, just kind of being yourself right before going on the stage. You kind of stand out the door and they're like, next artist entering in, you walk on a stage and it's dark. And then, like, I remember just taking a breath and just being like, like, and then just like getting ready and then playing the first couple notes. And I played through the song like probably like 15 seconds before, like 15 seconds, like 30 seconds before opening my eyes to see, like, if anyone turned around. Because another thing that most people don't know, you know that big doosh sound you hear when someone turns around? Mm -hmm. That sound isn't there, like, when you're on stage. What? <gasps> yeah, because you want the cleanest audio. So you don't want a big, Going oh. That makes some wait. So you don't even know if people turn around. No, if like you're unless eyes, you're looking, unless yeah. you're watching, unless you're watching, <gasps> you have no idea. What? <laughs> so that makes so much sense. But what? I'm yeah. shook. <laughs> yeah. So like for me, um, I was singing, and if you watch me, sometimes when I'm leading worship or even when I'm leading shows, I'm always like because most people don't know I'm super introverted, but I, I've learned to be extroverted. Um, but when I'm playing music, that introvertedness comes out. So I'll sing a whole set with my eyes closed and just being inside myself and trying to just really cultivate what I think is special. But I remember um, my stage coach was like, hey, remember to open your eyes so that people can come alongside you and feel what you're feeling inside. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, I got to open my eyes. And when I opened my eyes, I was like, oh, frick, like Nick Jonas, John Legend and Kelly Clarkson are looking me straight in my face. Like it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and like they're a lot closer than you would think. And so it's like, you can see them, they can see you. They're just standing there and just looking at you. And I'm just like, wow, it's just, it's like, it looks on TV. And I'm like, oh, frick, I have another minute to sing. I have to continue to <laughs> sing. <laughs> and so I remember myself like singing and the crowd was screaming and I was like, wow, this is like surreal. Like, and you can hear it. Like, I'm like, my voice is starting to get more vibrato-y at the end. And then like Blake turns around. I was like, wow, that's four chairs. It's like crazy intense. Like I did not expect that. And I was just like, wow, this is like, heavy and then getting to the end of the song and and knowing that like I was able to get through each part that I wanted to get through because as far as the song the voice let me perform it exactly like I had composed it so I was really happy to see like I composed the song I put it together um and they were like hey we love it we're not going to change anything about it and perform it and to see so um like four established artists like amazing people 
look at a song that I put together like that and enjoyed it and had all the amazing things I had to say. Um, it really left me just like in awe and like it was a crazy surreal experience. And I can't explain it, man. It was definitely like one of the huge things that just kind of just showed me that all the hard work that I've been putting in over the years, playing on the street, I mean, going on tours, solo tours, I mean, touring in a Greyhound bus. I'll go uh, into that later on. But uh, but yeah, it just it really validated all the hard work that I put in, my family put in, parents put into me, and it just showed me that like the the gift that they instilled, man, was worth it. It was worth pursuing and not just giving it up for just working a, a regular day job. Does Instagram scare the heck out of you? Feeling like you're always struggling to save time on the good old gram while also creating flawless branded professional content for it? We feel you. We have made a special little something just for you. We created a PDF with our top five apps we use in conjunction with Instagram to create smooth, professional content while saving us time and energy. This is a list compiled after years of using Instagram and searching for all the secret pro tools to make our jobs easier. If you've ever wondered, how the heck did she do this? Or how did she make that? It's probably answered by one of these apps. There are little secret sauce to spicing up your Instagram. We use these apps daily and they've absolutely changed the game for us. So if you're ready to uplevel your Instagram and create pro content with just a few clicks, we got you. Head on over to www.theheartuniversity.com slash apps and let's uplevel that Instagame. That's A-P-P-S, y'all. Did you know that how you choose to package your products can be a game changer for organic marketing? I know. Cool, right? Listen to this. If someone receives a package from you in a beautiful branded design, they are much more likely to snap a photo and share about it online. Enter No Issue, a sustainable, customizable branded packaging company for business owners. No Issue provides everything from customizable tissue paper, stickers, tape, stamps, and a 100% compostable mailer bag to put all of your goodies in. Customizing your product is so crazy easy. Just upload your logo, choose a design from their templates and colors, or you can upload a finished design of your own. No Issue sent us some of their products, and honestly, we are freaking blown away. It's so blown sustainable, away. <laughs> it's high quality, and it's so dang cool to see your brand printed all over your packaging. Plus, it makes your brand look bougie as heck. Like, talk about high-end. <laughs> <laughs> if you're ready to take your packaging game to the next level, you can use code HEART for 10% off at noissue.co. Happy packing! Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'm like fired up about life right now. <laughs> like you have so much just Holy Spirit on you, Thunder, and and faith and hope and excitement and passion for what you do. And it's absolutely contagious. So wow. I'm feeling it right now. <laughs> so we're going to see you in The Voice okay. next season? It's going to happen? Um, uh, yeah, let's talk about that, Evie. Let's talk about that. No, 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 no. Let's not. Let's definitely not bring me into this conversation. Let's save that for another podcast episode. <laughs> I am way too scared. Um, but I will say, Thunder, you're definitely inspiring me in a really cool way to just step outside of my comfort zone mm-hmm. and get over what scares me. So that's a big part of, I think, why your story is hitting me so deeply is because singing and music has always been something that's terrified me. Um, <laughs> And it's, it's just something that I'm like, oh, I can do these other things around me, but music, <laughs> uh-uh. like I just, it, I don't know why, but I love your story. I love what you're sharing. And I love just the passion that you have for what you do. And the fact that you consistently stepped out and pursued what was the unknown and what might've been scary and, um, just sought the Lord through all of it. So, Amen. so cool. 
Yeah. Um, okay. So talk to us a little bit about doing the voice live shows from home. Like this season was unlike anything the voice has ever done for obviously for COVID reasons. But what was that experience like from your perspective, like the perspective of a contestant? Do you feel like looking back in hindsight, was it better or worse than it would have been like on a live stage? What were, what are your thoughts on all of it? Man, I think when it comes to the way the live rounds went, it was a whole collage of emotions. Like super happy yeah. with doing this. Um, bummed that we're not going to be able to on stage. I mean, you have to think about the fact that in my knockout round, I got stole by, um, stolen by Nick Jonas. And so I was really yeah, looking you forward did. to I was looking forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking forward to working with them in person and getting to know them just like on that personal level. And so like, you know, hearing that, oh man, because of the virus, like we can't be in the same vicinity. I was like, man, I'm probably just never going to really get to meet this guy and get to know him and get to talk to him and whatnot. And so, wait, I mean, then real quick. So you never got to see, oh, because you got stolen in the knockout rounds. Right. So and then rehearsal and stuff with Nick, like I didn't get to do like I got to do with John. And so it's like, got it. um, our entire relationship from then on is like through Zoom chat. And so for that, Dang. like for that, I was like, man, a little bummed out at first. But I mean, a perk in all of this was the fact that if I went to L.A., my wife wouldn't be able to come with me. I would have to kind of stay in a hotel by myself and work on everything. And just we would have to like spend a couple months apart from each other while I'm working. Um, but doing it at home, she was able to be with me for entire, through the entire process. So that was beauty. But at the same mm -hmm. time, this live process, the way that we did it was a lot of work. Um, there's a lot that you see mm -hmm. and there's a lot that you don't see. Um, there's a lot of like just moving and rolling with the punches. I mean, you... Your songs get kind of switched up, things get kind of changed and you got to roll with it. You got to do your own set design. And so you're not just worried about the music and giving the best performance. You also have to worry about the cameras. You have to worry about the backdrop. You got to worry about like, if this looks good, if I'm, you know, it's just a lot of things that play into it. And then like, it's a whole different process. So the live thing, I think was a blessing, but also like just a lot of hard work. But I, if I remember anything mm -hmm. from my parents taught me, it's been you just got to learn with it. You got to roll with the punches and you have to know when life throws you lemons, you got to make lemonade out of it and you have to make the most out of it. And I think also like, I'm just stoked that the show continued. There were so many shows that canceled and the voice yeah. guy allowed us to see this thing through the end. And that was a blessing. I mean, like we put a lot of work in it. We sacrificed a lot to be a part of this show. Um, and the fact that they saw that it was worth it for us to continue and, and finish the show out. I was immersely blessed and humbled. Because these are people that, could go and be like, you know what? I'm I'm completely comfortable, um, not complaining, not continuing this show. But they decided to do it. Uh, I just know that a lot of people were questioning. I, I even was questioning as the voice was airing, and then COVID like really ramped up in the U.S. around March. Like, because I have been a Voice fan. Like, I watch all the seasons of The Voice. I wasn't just watching the season because you were on it. It was just like the perfect combo. <laughs> You're um, not a special tender. No, no, you are. But also, when I heard that you were going to be on the season and Nick Jonas was a coach, I freaked the f out i was so excited <laughs> and then when you got on his team i was even more excited me and spirit your sister was, yes. were, I, we were so stoked anyways um a lot of people were wondering were they just going to postpone it because just to wait till covid like quote unquote was over or died down at least to actually be able to do it in live but then i think i heard that like you almost i feel like would have lost the momentum yeah. And it, because all the artists aren't like big names yet, I feel like it would have been like we would have forgotten because at that point, it probably would have been like a year almost from when you had done the knockouts. And I feel like that just I feel like going forward with it was the right choice. Um, but just again, having seen all the past seasons of The Voice, I was just like salty that 
it just turned out that that was how it, it, it the cookie crumbled. But um, <laughs> I almost think it maybe adhered to your favor because I feel like you're so, so good at doing like acoustic, intimate songs yeah. that really pull people in. And I feel like that was kind of where, like, you could do really, really big songs or like any artist could do super big songs, but I think it's harder to put on a full stage production from your home on a Zoom like video. Yeah. Um, and so I almost feel like it, it might've like went in your favor a little bit. Yeah, man. Like, it, cause it's really crazy. And like, I was like, my mindset behind some of it was like, man, there's a lot of really talented people on the show. And there's a lot of people going to do a lot of really cool and um, like vocal runs and whatnot and just showing some craziness. And so I just like, I wanted to add something a little different. Um, I wanted to be able to play music that made me fall in love with music that really allowed my heart to come through. And then hopefully also in this time of craziness and the, and the whole COVID thing that like would bring people some peace that they can listen to it yeah. and they would relax and just chill and just kind of think of just the things they love in their life. And so, and it seemed that really worked, that really came through. Um, I would get videos of people like watching it, but like sitting down and having dinner and eating and watching and just like, Hey, your music touched us and gave us peace in the season. And it was really cool because it's the music that I love. And I think that's the whole purpose of this thing. Like, I mean, I love each and every one of the contestants. Like, they're all good friends of mine. And we were all, I mean, since the very blind audition and battle and knockout, just like, hey, let's just give the best show possible. It's not about, like, let me beat you. And, let, and like, I don't like you because you're a better singer or a worse singer. It doesn't, like, it wasn't even about that. It was like, how can we create the best music possible that will affect people and that will echo through this generation? Mm, that's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> okay, my next question was, how was it like working with, because you got to work with both John Legend and Nick Jonas. And so I would yeah. love to, and like you just said earlier, uh, you originally chose John Legend and then got stolen by Nick in the knockout rounds. Um, and so then you were Nick's all the way until the end after that. Um, and so my question is, wh what did you learn from both of them, I guess, separately? Like, was there any takeaways that from being coached by them, you just life lessons or vocal coaching? I don't know. What What did you take away from them? Yeah, no, it was, um, it was more so like... Um, not even like musically for some of it, like Nick Jonas helped me a lot with like my falsetto stuff because um, for the longest in, in my life as a singer, um, I damaged my voice because I'm a pretty calm guy, but when I'm playing sports, I'm not a calm guy. When I'm playing video games, <laughs> I'm not a calm guy. So I'm like the guy that's yelling on the field and just like screaming. And I would like, I would belt until my voice would crack and I would sing until my voice would crack. So it really damaged my falsetto for a long time. And so I'm the vocal coach who, like, a lot of people don't see who's behind the scene is this lady named Trelawney, and she's just amazing. So she gave me a lot of really cool workouts to work with it, and so did Nick when I started to work with them just to push my range a little higher. And that's what you saw in summertime, some things, yes. hitting, hitting notes that, like, I haven't hit before and just kind of climbing and, and allowing myself to try things that I would never feel comfortable doing. Um, John Legend, man, like, he is just an immersely talented person. And super intelligent. Um, it was really cool talking to him because I feel like no matter what he said, like everything was very deliberate. It's like he didn't say a word that he wasted, if you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was like everything was really hard. But he also talked a little bit, um, him and LMA talked a little bit of the hardships that they experienced. I'm just starting out, like, you know, selling albums out of the trunk of the cars and things like that. And just like the hard work that they put in, in the grind. And he was just talking about um, the fact he was just like, you have to really... I tend to sing some songs at like a seven and a 10 the entire time. And he was just like, hey, like if I'm singing a, a higher song, he's just like, hey, it add that fluctuation of bringing it down to a, a three sometimes so someone can really listen intentionally and then bring it up and just really create that emotion mm -hmm. and take it somewhere. And I, I thought that was really sweet. I definitely taken away from John mm -hmm. Legend. And then 
Nick, man, he it was really cool because Nick was just loving everything I was doing. And he was just like, just work on your enunciation. Other than that, dude, this is like really cool. And I was like, getting an opportunity <laughs> to like perform an original song for him and Ryan Tedder was just really cool as well. That's just such like, that's an amazing opportunity. I feel like just that you got to work with so many pe- incredible artists and yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just so cool. And that they just are kind and humble and all that. Yeah, that was crazy because Nick was like, okay, this is a little vulnerability. You're probably going to hate me for this, Lindsay. But I was never a huge Jonas Brothers fan. My oh, no, I already was, knew that. I knew okay. that from watching your live. <laughs> and like when you were hopping, when you did an Instagram live and you had fans come on and like the first dude asked you, like, what's your favorite Jonas Brothers song? And you're like, oh, um, you know what? I like, I don't know. <laughs> and, then you, and then you kind of started singing Burn It Up. But yeah. I just think it's funny. No, you're you're fine. You're totally fine. Yeah. No, my brother was my younger brother Marquise. He's like into it. Like he watched. He made us all like watch Camp Rock one and Camp Rock two, and like you know, like watching all Classics. the like, musicals and stuff. <laughs> so like, but when I when you kind of watch that, you just wonder like, um, to be completely honest and vulnerable, you're like, oh man, I wonder how these guys are in real life. Are they like believe right. me, they're, they're bigger than everything and they're kind of like really prideful and boastful and whatnot. And so, or they're you, like tweeny boppers, like yeah. Disney Channel, like. <laughs> Yeah. And so I was like, dude, I'm going to like work with this guy and he's just going to be all about like, how can I wave my hair and all this kind of thing. And I was like, this is going to be like super like, uh, and so, but then meeting him in person and seeing the humble individual that he was, I mean, that was, that spoke volumes to me. I mean, someone at his level, I expected to be a certain way. And I um, mean, I think that's, that speaks volumes because we can easily judge someone. I think we know someone because what we see through the media, um, but meeting mm-hmm. him in person, he was just one of the like confident, but humblest people that I've ever met. Like he was just really comfortable in his own skin, but very humble in a sense. Like he knew what he could do and he knew what he couldn't do. Yeah. And, and that was just really cool. And he was just like, he would not hesitate in like giving you praise in the sense of where you sound good or giving you criticism in the times that you could be better. But he just, nothing came across of like, oh, well, I'm better than you. Like it was even a time where like I hit a note and he was like, well, that's a note I can't hit. And I was like, really, I was like, whoa, that's not something that like a singer would just admit. And like, that's just really yeah. cool. Just to see that, like, he was really, like, I feel like he's someone that I could get along with for sure. And I got along with, and I can't wait to the rise to a level, his level sometime in the future. And hopefully we can play some shows together and whatnot. Yeah. If you open up for the Jonas Brothers, I will lose my freaking mind. <laughs> I will lose my mind, Thunder. <laughs> oh my gosh. And another thing I learned through all this was I didn't know there was a fourth Jonas Brother. And I, I learned that. Oh I yeah. He's not yeah. in the band. No, he's not in the band, but. I didn't know Frankie that. Jonas. Frankie Jonas. Oh, wait, yeah. Evie, Evie, you should share, <laughs> Evie, Evie, you should share your story. <laughs> okay, so my story. She has, a, she has a past, fast. apparently, according to the internet with Frankie Jonas. Ooh. So, so my dad, this is just like, I'll try to make this as fast as possible. Both of my parents are also musicians. My dad is a professional drummer and has been like my entire life. That's his whole career. Wow. And um, he's a jazz drummer. And so growing up, uh, I had a couple of opportunities throughout my childhood to sing on like some jazz albums with him as like backup vocals type of things, like sing some live shows, all of this. And Ow. one of the albums I was on had like some photos taken of me in the recording studio and put up on the internet, whatever. And then I Googled my name a few years later. So I was like, I don't know, 10 at this time in the studio. And I Googled my name when I was like 13 or 14 or something. And yeah. a bunch of articles came up about Evie Rupp dating Frankie Jonas. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, 
like I'd had no boyfriend at that time. And I was just like, hmm, very interesting. But these detailed articles about like knowing my name, my information, like all this stuff, like putting us together. And I'd like didn't even know there was a Frankie Jonas at that point. It was just so funny. So if you literally Google Evie Rupp, Frankie Jonas, yeah. like 10 articles will pop up about me and Frankie having had uh, a relationship together. Wow. I mean, the internet can come up with some clever things. <laughs> It's, it's like so how did random, that even it was come? All, like who who made that up? <laughs> I have no idea. But it was all these like celebrity gossip sites, and it all of the photos were me in the studio. Like that's how those two connect. <laughs> I think that kind of like put me out on the internet. And it's like all these photos of like tiny baby Evie with like her recording headphones on, like at the mic in the studio, like saying that I dated Frankie Jonas and that I was a singer. And I was like, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> So I have known of Frankie Jonas for many years because apparently we are past lovers in another <laughs> time of life. In another life. time of life and another place. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, so that's my uh, Jonas brother story. That's cool. Well, that's, I didn't know you were a musician or you, you come from a family of musicians. So you could quite naturally perform on The Voice next season. I mean, uh, she literally, Thunder, I don't, Thunder, I'm going to need you to go to her Instagram and go. No. Do, do you have it? Music? Do you have a highlight Maybe. on your Instagram? Maybe. Abby? Okay. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> or we'll just have her sing for you uh, when we stop recording. Okay. That's kind of, uh, none I, of the above. <laughs> no, I think you think, you know what? We have to do an even trade at the end. I mean, if I'm singing a song, then you're going to have to, you're going to have to sing a song as well. Oh, uh-uh. I think that. Uh-uh. <laughs> I do not like this peer pressure situation. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> you got to okay, well, the moment. Then, Here we go. <laughs> Speaking of stepping out and doing something uncomfortable, I feel very like stretched in this episode in a lot of ways. <laughs> this is good. Um, <laughs> okay, well, actually, this kind of leads into my next question, Thunder. For anyone who may be considering music or making a career mm. out of music, what would your best advice be to dive into like such a cutthroat industry? Wow. Ah, oh, man. There's a there's a lot. There's a lot that I've learned. Um one that's important is surround yourself with people who are better than you. Um, mm-hmm. Like always, because that does two things. It allows you to grow and to push, but it keeps you humble. Um, when you're around someone who's better than you. I mean, the blessing is that I have an older brother named Ron Artis, And he, if you listen to his music, he's immersely talented. And so he's someone that I'm always able to like pick things off of. If I'm doing something really crazy, I can look at him and I'm like, oh, this dude is crazy. I can, go wood, I can go woodshed and try to learn some. And I have so many other talented friends that I can do that with. Um, and then learning how to receive criticism, which is the hardest thing mm-hmm. as an artist. I mean, you were talking about like just how scary it is being a performer and how that's so hard. I mean, the reason why I was wondering why it's so tough for me to go from playing drums to being a singer. Um, when you have to sing, you wear your heart on your sleeves. Um, and I, mm-hmm. uh, for anyone that is a singer or aspiring to be a singer, you can you understand what I'm talking about. Like your heart's on your sleeves because what you're singing comes from what's inside and people who are listening could easily really accept that or judge you like and you are super vulnerable um so mm-hmm. knowing that that sensitivity though is a key of what creates a talented artist um and learning how to accept criticism whether or not you want to like acknowledge it my dad was like there's two ways to accept criticism one's to say that they don't know what in the world they're talking about they'll use much colorful words much more colorful words <laughs> but uh <laughs> but me i'm a simple man um or the other one is to say <laughs> The other one is to say um, whether or not you agree with what they're talking about or you can see what they're saying um, to go work on it and then present it back to mm. them. Um, and that has helped me so much. There's been times where people would say things 
you know, that one bad comment out of the, the 80 good ones, you know what I mean? And it's just like, I'm like, oh, that person had the nerves to say that. And I was like, okay, wait, I need to check myself. Let me go work on mm-hmm. it and come back with something. And hopefully they will really enjoy this. And that will continue to push you. But I'm also surrounding you self with people who are not toxic. That's the most important thing. I've met so many people who don't sing because they had a singing teacher or someone who told them that they would never amount to anything, that they were tone death or whatever and things like that. Yeah. And it really just, really just scars you and that you never think to try. Like, I know so many people who say they can't sing and you ask them why they believe they can't sing is because someone told them that years ago and now they're telling themselves that. That person might be gone mm. out of your life, but you're now becoming that weight that is holding you down and saying that you can't do something. And it's not because you've tried it. It's because you, you, like, you're trying it, I mean, but it's because you tried it in your past and you didn't work. You failed. I failed so many times as a singer. I failed so many times as a musician. I've sang out of key. I've sang in key. Like, I've messed with things. Uh, but I, I kept trying. So just keep trying. Um, and if you're aspiring to do something like The Voice, just work really hard. And if you go, I know so many people on that show that have tried many times and didn't make it through. And then on the third or fourth time trying, like Allegra Miles, um, she made it there close to the finale. And she has tried, I think, three times for The Voice, two or three times. Wow. And, wow. Um, and now she was there, like in the, in the final top, like five, I think it was, or, or nine. And super talented and she was probably the one person that I was like Allegra and Tanisha was who I was most fearful of on the show I was like if I get paired up with these people <laughs> I'm probably gonna lose <laughs> and um but just saying like just try your best and keep working at it and you never know what life will give you if you believe in it enough to give it your all I um, love your heart thunder it's just so apparent that you are so humble and you are so gracious for all that God and life has given you. Mm. Um, and I just, you're going to go far just with an attitude like that. I, I can tell, like, it's just so cool to having just like already watched you grow. And then I just can't wait to see what's next for you, which leads perfectly into my next question, which <laughs> is now that the voice is over, you're married, which is a huge life change. What is next for you on the horizon? Ooh, man, I have so many cool ideas. So yesterday I went to go check out a studio, recording studio, um, beautiful studio here in Oregon. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to jumping in there and working on a new album. I've been talking about it for like two years. And um, so I'm looking forward to getting there, recording an album, hopefully releasing it sometime in the late summer or fall. And then setting up touring, me and my booking agent have been trying to see with this whole COVID stuff, when's the, when can we jump back and do concerts? Like what states are opening and what states are staying closed? And I can't wait to come back to Hawaii and do something. And so I'm just trying to plan all of that musically, but then also just looking at the next big steps. I mean, I got contacted by Taylor Guitars. They want to do some things with me. I got contacted with some other companies that want to just kind of come in partnership. So that's been really a blessing and a beauty just to try to grow. But I'm also looking forward to just learning what it means to be a husband and what that looks like. Um, because I had a great example with my father and with my older brother and other people, but you know, finding that perfect balance of working a lot, but being a great husband for your wife and just making sure putting her first. That's been um, a really beautiful thing that I've been loving to learn how to do. So we took a little camping trip a couple of days ago. Um, we're planning on when we can possibly go back to Australia to do a bigger ceremony. Um, and then also just, we want to go on a honeymoon, like a good one. So um, I got to work really hard this year to make sure that we can afford it and can do it. And we want to go to Greece. So looking forward to making her dreams come true in that. I love that. <laughs> That's so cute. I love it so much. <laughs> Okay, you guys are perfect. So can we get any juice? This was not on the question list, but can we get any juice? Is there any any future collab with the Jonas Brothers? Not even the Jonas Brothers. (laughs) With with, (laughs) 
<laughs> Are you staying in contact with Nick? That's all I need to know. As of, <laughs> as of now, I'll, I'll be completely honest and open. As of now, I haven't had much contact with any of the coaches or a lot of people from the show. There has been talk that um, I'm still in an option period um, of Universal Records. So it means that like they could option and I could become a part of their label um, and then have this opportunity. Is that option period that could happen? But if that doesn't happen, then I'll probably not be starting from ground zero, but I'll be kind of starting on my own and doing my own things and growing it. But I do hope to grow to the level to either work um, with Nick Jonas um, or work with John Legend or a couple of the people who have said that they really enjoyed my work. It was really, it was really sweet to see um, if you guys heard my song Sedona on there, like pretty yeah. much um, mm-hmm. the beautiful thing about that was that the entire thing was pretty much written and composed in the way that I brought it to the show. So to see that like Ryan Tedder, Nick Jonas and the show really loved my original music. I can't wait to put it out there and just hear what they have to say um, and what they think about it and hopefully continue to grow to a level that is, I don't know, worthy of being on the same stage as them. Oh, you're going to get there, dude. It's yep. not even a question. <laughs> okay. Well, we kind of hinted at this before, um, but are you uh, willing to grace us with your voice and some music for everyone to understand how freaking incredible you are. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to cost you guys like $15 a second, if that's okay. Okay, <laughs> no worries. Okay. <laughs> you know, so worth it. Now that my voice is worth a lot. No, <laughs> JK. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've insured this for. <laughs> nah, I mean, yeah, speaking of Sedona, um, um, if you guys don't mind, I'll play that one for you guys to see how this goes. Yes. Oh. How's that sounding? So good. So good. I'm ready for this private concert situation. (laughs) I'll try not to blow out the mic. All my bags are packed. I've got to go. Found myself on some far back road. But I know you won't be missing me when I'm gone, when I'm gone. I wanna lose myself in the mountain rain. Nothing to quench my thirst but the pouring rain. And I know you won't be missing me. When I'm gone, when I'm gone, and all's torn up, and all's torn up, coming home, coming No, 
around you. I'm freaking crying. <laughs> I wanted to like imitate the roar of like a of like a whole audience, but I I should like, do that. That was so incredible. Thank oh my you. gosh. Oh, thunder. My heart. You are so talented. Oh, you are so you. freaking and, talented. And Ugh. I just want to thank you guys, man, for reaching out to me repeatedly, even though <laughs> I like that. I was trying to be thunder, 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 I was trying thunder. to be respectful of the fact that like you were on a national television show while but, also being like, but I just wanted you to know we reached out before you even made it to the final. So I was like, I just want him to know that we cared before he got there. Amen. <laughs> amen. No, it was, it was really fun. Like you would be surprised how many, like, you probably wouldn't be surprised, but how many messages I was receiving. Like oh, my yeah, wife I was having it. to like go through my Instagram. She was like answering most of the stuff, but it's like, like, you know, that little request section where people can request to message you. It was like 99 plus. Um, yeah. And we would get it down to like 40. And we're like, yeah. And we refreshed and it's back 99. And we're just like, oh. oh. And then my emails were blowing up. And so I was just like, I'm checking out. And so I would see your email. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get back. And then other stuff would come up. And then I was doing so many other things. <laughs> yep. But um, it, Lindsay kept reaching out. And I was like, okay, I want to make this work. And so I was talking to my wife. I was like, okay, we got to make this work. Got to make this happen. And so, oh. and so I'm super happy we're bringing it together. Yeah. And dude, like, I'm just so proud of you. I truly, truly, like 100% believed that you were going to win. I was like in it. I was like, you are going to win. But I, I, <laughs> I was all up in my head. But I think everything happens for a reason. And Amen. I just cannot wait to see where your journey is going to go. So thank you so mm -hmm. much for being on the show. Last question. Final thing. Where can everyone find you? Listen to your songs, download them, support you, all of it. Sweet. So yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Thunderstorm Artiste. I think I'm the only guy out there with the name Thunderstorm. It's pretty easy to find. So it's really easy. <laughs> and you're verified, so it'll be easy and to I'm find verified. you. That's <laughs> right. And I got a new profile pick on there. So perfect. <laughs> you're you're learning. Great. I'm learning. I'm getting. I'm rolling with the punches. Um, but also um, you can find me on Twitter. I think it's like thunderstorm underscore artiste. Um, you can find me on Facebook also Thunder Artiste because Facebook didn't believe when I was first starting out. Thunderstorm was my name. So I was like, okay, I'll cut it short. And it was Thunder Artis and it worked. So you can find me on there. That's and, uh, funny. If you look me up, you can pretty much find me all around. I also have a YouTube account. I don't have a lot posted on there, but that is changing. I mean, after June 18th, after June 18th I'm going to full lunch. I'm going to start releasing things or giving ideas of what's happening. Also in my Instagram bio, there's a link to um, a link tree, which has links to like when I'm going to have upcoming shows and whatnot. I'm also linked to like a Patreon that I started up because I was talking to a good friend of mine and they were saying that instead of me trying to just carry the weight of financially backing everything that I'm doing, I should give the opportunity for people to come alongside and help out because there's some people who yes. would love to do that. And for me growing up, I'm used to just doing things on my own. And so I thought I would just um, put the opportunity out there for people to either choose to come alongside that with prayers or also just with just supporting um, financially. And so there's a Patreon on there that people can sign up and kind of do, and I'll do some really private stuff through there. Also, there's just a Venmo. I mean, I've, yeah, there's a Venmo. Yeah, Venmo thing on there that you can support and whatnot. But I hate plugging myself. So you can just check it out. I'll be doing some live streams on there and, and whatnot and on YouTube. And I've got a cool setup here. I invested in a camera and a computer. So I'm going to do some really nice streaming and I can't wait to do that for you guys. So stay tuned. Thunderstorm uh, RPs. Oh, yes. <laughs> we cannot wait. Well, also, I'm pretty sure if you search your name on Spotify or Apple Music. Don't, doesn't your first EP come up? Yes. You can find me on Spotify. 
on iTunes, um, and also on CD Baby. So if you want to support me, you can go on there. Um, Spotify. Ooh, that's exciting. It was really cool. I um, It was really cool. I think about a month ago, I had probably like 1,700 people listening to my music, something like that. And today I got an email saying that I had like 70K streams on Spotify. Wow. So super nice. cool that everyone's been listening. Um, it means a lot. Um, it really does. And so I can't wait to release some new music to put it out there to show you guys what I've been working on. Um, and also Sedona is on iTunes and now on Spotify. You can find it on there and whatnot. But just stay tuned because I'm going to try to just really, really, really kind of push some things out here when everyone's stuck at home with all this craziness. Um, hopefully put some new music out there to bring you guys some joy and comfort. We yes. can't wait. Well, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Thunder, for being here, taking time to chat with us. Tell us the juice about the voice. Tell us your story and sing for us. We are just so humbled and honored to have you on the show. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And, and any other time you guys want to reach out and have me on here, I am more than happy to do it. Yes, we're Thunder round two. <laughs> we're ready. <laughs> All right, Thunder, thank you so much. We'll be in touch. All right, ciao.